Welcome to Hello Health Today, where health is a leadership strategy. I'm Dr. Carmen Mohan. Joining me today as part of our Women at the Helm series is Deanna Anderson. Deanna Anderson is the Managing Director of 705 Marketing, which specializes in brand development, social media and PR for consumer, nonprofit, technology, and financial services clients. Deanna has managed global campaigns for Fortune 500 companies, but she loves working with startups and nonprofits. 705 Marketing builds and executes world-class communication programs for nonprofits like the Georgia Center for Nonprofits, Literacy Action, Tech Bridge, the Atlanta Speech School, and Families First. On March 15, 2020, as COVID quickly became a reality for parents, Deanna started a Facebook group, Moms Making It Together. It took what we already knew as moms and laid it out for everybody else to see. Deanna describes toggling her responsibilities to her small business, children, and community as balancing on a surfboard. You gotta figure out how to ride and know when one thing has to be up a little bit more and one thing needs to be down, but you can't go too far because then you fall off the surfboard. Deanna Anderson, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Deanna, I'm just gonna get right to the reason I invited you on this particular moment in time. Ever since the McKinsey report on women in the workplace hit, I've been terrorized by the idea that millions of women are considering downshifting their careers, leaving the workforce, um, you know, just essentially just dropping out. But then my lovely business partner, Megan Davies, told me about moms making it together. And I was so relieved to think there may be hope. (laughs) Could you tell us a little more about the group? So it started March 15th, 2020, as our world got turned upside down. It actually started as a text between three of my best friends on resources to help get us through what we thought was going to be two weeks. Funny, funny now, a year later, to think that we were only going to be there two weeks. It moved to a shared note with my Girl Scout troop. And then a friend was like, why don't you just make this into a Facebook group? So between cooking dinner and getting the table set, I started um, the Facebook group. And today we're 10,000 moms across the U.S. and we have a few international moms. We have three main core values of the group, and it's to support, smile, and share. And it's really amazing, even a year later, to see how it ebbs and flows through that every day. We are still have new members joining us every day, even a year later. And for me, it was a way to take my marketing experience and do a little good in a time where all of our lives have been turned upside down. Why do you think the group has taken off like it has? I mean, three friends on a text, or I've forgotten how many, but it's like a few of your friends to like, 10,000 women around the world. It's in my wildest imagination when I started the group, I really thought it was going to be a couple of hundred moms that I was one step removed from. You know, I knew them or I knew a friend of theirs. And I think that when we went into lockdown last year, and this is, you know, I've talked to a lot of the moms in the group about this. I think we only had each other. Like our moms have never been through this. You know, we couldn't pick up the phone like we do for so many things. Well, mom, what did you do when this happened? Well, they're going through their first global pandemic as well. So I think it gave people a way, moms, a way not to feel isolated in a very isolating situation and to know that they could ask anything and they do ask and share 
any, and I mean, I am amazed at what people, moms will share, which is great. And I affectionately refer them, refer to the group as the 10,000 best friend strangers. I never (laughs) knew I needed 12 months ago, but that I am eternally thankful for a year later. Yeah, it's a reason to go through a pandemic is the (laughs) we can't see the reward. It's on the other side of this. But um, what a way to be bonded for life, right, is like actually making it to the other side. Absolutely. It really has been an amazing, you know, an amazing experience. And I love the messages that I get from moms thanking me for creating the group and for monitoring the group. And we, I stick very strongly to those three things. Moms are really good at telling when other moms break the rules. Um, so, you know, we are very, very deliberate on keeping the integrity of the group with what it was formed for. And I think that's another reason that it's grown and continues to grow. The pandemic has highlighted what we working moms already knew. In heterosexual relationships, at least, childcare and housework fall disproportionately on women. What are moms in your group saying about how the pandemic has impacted them? It really varies from, you know, from mom to mom. But I think that the impact of still being a mom while running a school, running a business, potentially having your partner who used to travel 70% of the time home all the time, I say that from personal experience, (laughs) Um, that it took what we, to your point, it took what we already knew as moms and laid it out for everybody else to see. And that you can't, you can't, you can't, you know, you can't deny the many roles that moms play in everything. And now all of those roles happened all within your house. So they weren't happening You weren't now just shuffling kids to the bus stop or to carpool. You're now actually shuffling them to your kitchen table to be a teacher for eight hours while you're also trying to work and keep things as normal as possible so that your children don't feel like the world's coming, you know, closing in around them. So I think it really put a spotlight on all the things that happen in our head that so many times we don't moms don't talk about because we're the mom and we just got to keep things going you know like we got to keep the oh I do know I do know we got to keep that bus you know we got to keep those wheels going we don't have time like we got a flat tire all right we got to change the flat tire and like (laughs) keep on moving but I think it it you know it made it so that we we have to have these conversations about it and the and then this is another reason I think that group grew is the only people that really understand it are other moms And I think it's other moms that are going through it right now. Like I talked and I have a very close relationship with my mother and I talked to her about a lot of things, but my mother being a mom was very different for my mom than being a mom is today. And then you add a global pandemic on top of it and, you know, it's different than everyone. And then we're all just like deers in headlights, right? Right. I can't tell you how much I complained about being an unpaid teacher's aide to the classrooms, two different schools on two different schedules, and I'm trying to work. And I was just sitting there going like, we need to pay teachers like all of my salary right now. Just I, (laughs) Absolutely. Well, my 11-year-old Reese, about two weeks in, was like, did you ever want to be a teacher? And I said, no. And she goes, good, because you're not good at it. And I was like, okay, <laughs> no, that's well, 
I said, at least we are all aware that mommy never wanted to be a teacher and mommy is not in fact good at it. So we're just going to do the best that we can. But I was like, there's a reason I send you to that beautiful school, honey. (laughs) Exactly. I was like, I can't wait for that building to reopen so that you can go to the teachers who are good at their job, not having mommy as your teacher. I have to tell you, I asked my daughter, my older daughter, what she learned during the pandemic. And she said, mommy, we all need our own rooms. And I was like, the wisdom of children. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we had a similar conversation and Reese was like, I learned how to do long division and how to use a calculator. And I was like, yes. And those are very valuable lessons. I mean, her one day, her math teacher was like, I appreciate that your parents have all taught you long division." I do. I appreciate it. But we're not going to use that today. We're going to use our way of doing math. And Reese was like, mommy, we can't do it this way. And I was like, yeah, well, you taught him wrong. You taught him math wrong. There's a certain way to do math now. It's like, which I don't even understand. She's like, I have to multiply this before I divide it. And I was like, that's multiplication. Like, why are we multiplying before we, you know, before we divide? But those were, and still are, and my kids will groan every time I say this, but I was like, there are COVID treasures is kind of what we, I started calling them. I was like, we have to find the things in the midst of all of this that we wouldn't have had if we weren't all living together, working together, doing school together 24 hours a day. <laughs> there were things and still are things that we were able to do as a family that normally when my husband was traveling 70% of the time, it was me and the kids, you know, like, So we've tried to find those and continue to find those so that I want them to look back. And yes, there are parts of it that I think they're going to remember very differently than any other generation um, has, unless you were in the Spanish flu of 1918. Um, But I do hope that there, there are bright spots and there are those moments that they can take away and say, you know what, because mom and dad were both home and we were doing school at home at four o'clock every day, we would go outside in our front yard and do lawn games. I have every lawn game that is available. (laughs) Amazon delivered it over the first month of COVID. Did your mom group give that idea to you? Actually, I provided that one to the mom's group. Nice. We already had croquet, but I was like, what other games are there? But every day at four o'clock, that was our like we're done with work. We're done with school. We're going to go outside as a family. And that was the only way we visited with anybody was because we would only visit if they walked by our driveway. You know, my Mm -hmm. husband and I both have autoimmune um, issues. And so we were really on lockdown, like complete lockdown other than the grocery store from March 15th until Memorial Day weekend. Wow. Um, Wow. So that was our, you know, our outlet, which we wouldn't have had if we weren't all here together. And also by four o'clock, we all needed to be, we needed some fresh air. <laughs> so Deanna, you brought your husband into this, so I have to give you some of the stats. The New York Times reported that more than 70% of fathers think they're splitting household labor equally with their partner, but only 44% of mothers say the same. What do y'all say about that? I actually fall in the 44. And if, oh, to, be very, to be very honest- Very well, ladies, very well. <laughs> to be very honest, it may it may go a little more his way because he likes to cook and I don't. So that's a big like him and my son both like to cook and they don't like my cooking and they like to do it. So it's I'm very very fortunate and it is a 
complete opposite of what I grew up with. I grew up with my mother doing 99.9%. And my parents are in their 70s. Like, you know, and even now, like, my, I think it gives my mom hives when she comes to my house and my husband's <laughs> in the kitchen. She's like, no, 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 no. I need you. And Jim's like, get out of my kitchen. You're like, go sit down. I will bring you whatever. But it's, it is a very interesting, you know, dynamic. And for me, it's great because I have a son and a daughter. And I was like, my son will make a great partner one day because he definitely does not see like that's a mom job and that's a dad job. Like if anything, he's like cooking is definitely not my mom's job. Um, But we, we are very equitable and I do feel very fortunate. Um, Wonderful. I'm so glad, you know, and thank you for raising good people. You know, we need good people in our world, you know? Absolutely. Well, and I, one of the things that I think is interesting kind of back to the moms group, um, you know, I, it's interesting to see every, every stage is hard, right? Like when they're a baby and you're checking off, like, did they do, did they make three steps by the time they were 12 months old? Did they, you know, and keeping them alive, like that's hard work, especially when you have no idea what you're doing, you know, and then every, every year, my daughters are, you know, turning another year. I'm like, this is my mom versary and I'm going to pat myself on the back because you are still upright and breathing. Right. But yeah. then yeah. I feel like with a tween and a teen, now I'm teaching them to make good decisions that help keep themselves alive and at the same time make them good people, which I'm like, ra- helping raise good people is really hard, right? Oh, like, absolutely. I'm like, and I was like, no one tells you that. Like, oh, when they turn, you know, like you need to keep them alive, but you also need to raise good people. And I think that's one of the things that's also been hard during the pandemic is that you are so isolated from your normal group of friends and the experiences that your children have are much more limited, you know, and that's hard when you want them to have exposure to a wide and diverse group of friends, um, both for them and also seeing who your parents are, you know, like who your parents are friends with. So I think a lot about my job is to teach them to keep themselves alive at this point and to teach and to raise two good citizens. Like that is my job as a mother. And I do think it's one of the most challenging seasons because I don't want to raise bad people, right? Like I don't want to. It's a tall order. It's a tall order to raise children of character. In the Hello Health system, we consider groups like moms making it together instrumental for building enhanced resiliency. So what I mean by that is we're all under unprecedented levels of stress these days, but when you're able to share it and connect with others for mutual benefit, it helps everyone manage it better than we would have done alone. And that's what you're really saying in all of this is that with the tallest order that we have in producing good people for the for the world of the future, um, you know, it's really great having a second brain. And in, in the case of moms making it together, you have 10,000, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> well, and you have, you also have re- as c- the craziest thing you could think of. There's another mom in that group that has had it happen. Like now she might not have wanted to say it out loud, but th- th- you know, like you're not alone. Like, I feel like that's one of the other reasons that it's grown is moms really are like, okay, even the craziest thing that could have happened in the middle of a global pandemic, there is a mom in that group 
who it has happened to and can give me advice and is willing to give me advice. I mean, I've gotten notes from moms who, you know, have posted anonymously, and then I'll get a direct message from another mom like, hey, can you ask the mom who posted anonymously if I can connect with her because I've been through this. And How generous. It, it's wonderful. It, it, it really is. It's great to see that. And every mom that has posted anonymously is like, um, yes, they're like, the only reason I posted anonymously was because I have 25 of my friends are in the group and I don't, you know, like I'm not ready to talk about it in that way, but I would love to hear a mom's experience with this and how, you know, how the mom made it through. So it really is, it's that, you know, that sense of, I kind of think about back to like my mom and her like church circle group, you know, like it's like the online version of that where like, yeah, it's comforting. It's reassuring. Someone else knows, even though we've never done this before, it's leadership, right? Right. Making good decisions when you're not sure that's leading. Mm-hmm. Isn't it? Yeah. Well, and I think to your, you know, to the point earlier about, you know, moms, it's like, regardless of whether you're a stay at home mom or a working mom, you have to show, you have to be a leader. Like you, you know, at the core of being a mom is being a leader and leading your family through the good, the bad, and the ugly. And Emulating. And the quarantined. And the quarantine. And, and the quarantine. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Um, I know. Every time a Facebook memory comes up right now, I'm like, oh, it's been a whole year. Like, year. we've been doing this for <laughs> and a year. And we are still here. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think one of the things, too, um, you know, that for me, you know, I'm really involved in the Atlanta community from a volunteer perspective. And that has really given me the opportunity for my kids. You know, my kids grew up on the floor of the Junior League of Atlanta. Like, they did. My youngest was three. Um, and, you know, I sat in a um, I sat in a conference for her for school when she was in the third grade. And in writing was, she has leadership skills far above that of a third grader. And we believe that it is from the experiences and the women of the Junior League of Atlanta that she is around. Wow. So, hello. Did you pat yourself on the back? Go, mom. Well, and all the women that she's, (laughs) yeah, but like all the women that she's, you know, she's, she's grown up with this squad of strong, diverse women. And my son has too. And I don't take that lightly either. Absolutely. I want him to see that, you know, there's all types of women leaders and we all bring something different to the table and that women deserve a seat at the table just as much as the men in the room do and that they have a perspective that's different than yours and that you need to you know listen to that so you know as the group evolved i thought a lot about this is now you know kind of an extension of kind of that thought of you know, from an early age, she was surrounded by these strong women leaders. And now there's an online place and an online place that's specifically focused on moms who are going through very unique challenges every day. And then you add a global pandemic. Absolutely. Absolutely. What do you think moms have gotten right as they've navigated these hard times? I think that moms have gotten they've they've learned where what battles to pick 
I do think that they've, they've got that right. You know, if you're going to do jammy school in your jammies, no one knows, you know, like really, like it doesn't matter. Like, let's let that go. Um, you ate mac and cheese for three days in a row. You ate, you know, like it had dairy in it. Um, so I, I think they've learned to pick their battles. So I do think that they, that, that moms have gotten that right. I think moms have unleashed a tremendous amount of creativity in finding ways to find those bright spots. And, you know, whether that's the yard games or we had a, we have a dear friend that in the beginning, they would dress up as one family member every once a week for dinner, they would cook that person's favorite thing. And then they all would dress up as them. I loved Tuesday nights waiting for the post because I was like, okay, who's this week? So I think, you know, like they, they've unleashed this creativity that even moms who, you know, aren't the Pinterest moms are like, these are the ways I can make this fun for my family. So I think those are. And I saw something, I don't know what I was looking at, but as I was preparing for this interview, I saw something where one of the moms who was a personal trainer offered personal training for the group. Um, you know, real substantial support. Yes. Right. Yes. So we did um, that in the beginning. We do small business Saturdays. So we do not allow business ads because I don't did not want the group to become, you know, you've got 10,000 moms. Oh, I've got this and this and that. So but every Saturday is fair game. Um, and I post every Saturday for 53 weeks. I post like a, a graphic and you can talk about your business. You can talk about your favorite businesses. We've done some mom takeovers on our Instagram with those businesses. And that's something that I, I am really proud of. Um, I am a second generation or third generation um, small business owner. Um, my grandfather and my father, um, my grandfather was, and my father is. So I grew up in, you know, relying on a small business. I run my own small business and my marketing um, agency. And so that was really important to me. And it's, I love seeing it. And I will say that as I've needed to order gifts, Yes, I've used Amazon a lot, but <laughs> I've gone back to that. You know, my um, we had my mother-in-law, um, her sister passed away during COVID and I oh, wanted to I'm send sorry. her something. Okay. And the ideas that the group gave me were just tremendous. And I ended up ordering something from one of the moms. Like, so- Fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. I mean, women need other women to support our businesses. We do. So, Absolutely. I mean, it's like a, a real thing. The pandemic also created those financial stresses that are just really hard to overcome, right? Yes. So, you know, tell me more about 705 Marketing. So, okay, so your small business is called 705 Marketing, right? Yes. So, you know, get, have at it. Like, we want to know. So I have been in business 15 years. Um, I worked at big PR agencies at the beginning of my career and decided we got married, decided we wanted to try and start having a family. And I was between New York, LA and Atlanta. That's not very conducive to having, starting a family. Um, So I went out on my own and I really went out on my own, not knowing if it wasn't like, this is what I'm destined to do. I was tired of big agency life and I didn't want to go corporate. So that seemed like the thing to do. Um, and I got pregnant six weeks later. So the, the first wow. part totally worked. Um, <laughs> I do refer to my last boss as the best birth control money couldn't buy because she was terrible. Um, 
So I started it 15 years ago, started as very much a traditional PR agency. High tech actually was my area of expertise only because when I moved to Atlanta in 1998, the tech boom was happening and I could read the stuff and pitch it to media and they would cover it. And so over time learned that I actually really kind of liked the tech side of things. Um, when we decided we were going to stay in Atlanta, um, my husband's from Baltimore and I grew up in North Carolina. I really started getting involved in the community with the junior league of Atlanta. Um, I'm also involved with girl scouts and girls on the run and several other nonprofits. And that's got first really got my experience doing nonprofit marketing as a volunteer. Fast forward now, 90% of my clients are nonprofits and that's what I prefer to do. Um, I like knowing that I, through my marketing expertise that I'm helping give back to the world. Um, so that's um, how it's kind of worked for me. I have um, a team of contractors that I sort of build um, based on the clients and it's really given me the opportunity to, you know, I, I don't use the word balanced. You know, I think I heard a, a woman um, speaker one time say that it was more like riding a surfboard because it can't all be right. Like it can't all be equal. But like, you got to figure out how to ride and know when one thing has to be up a little bit more and one thing needs to be down, but you can't go too far because then you fall off the surfboard. Um, it's Meanwhile, given me... you are rushing headlong towards the shore. Right. Yes. 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 <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but it's given me the chance to have, you know, to be very involved in my kids' lives um, and to, you know, working remote. I've worked remote for 15 years. The pandemic brought my husband home and two kids for school, which was definitely a challenge, but it really has given me the opportunity to find that balance between working and being a mom and being involved in the kids' lives and also continuing to do my community volunteering. And I, find, I think it's a very much a blessing that I get to spend most of my time helping nonprofits tell their story. And that gives me a lot of pride um, that I'm able to do that. Some entrepreneurs have told me that your business begins to feel like an additional child. That's, that's how alive it feels as an entity and how invested they become. How do you feel about 705 Marketing? I do feel like it is my third child. Um, and What's interesting is I, I tell people a story that I didn't I didn't come into this thinking I'm going to start an agency and 15 years later, it's going to, you know, like it was very um, functional when I started it. Like I want to have babies. I cannot get pregnant when I'm in three different cities most of the time. And I no longer want to work. I no longer want to have to be at a desk from nine to six or whatever it yeah. is. Yeah. The, the 1960s work culture wasn't it, working for you. Exactly. Yeah. So while I started it very functionally, I think once within the first five years, I knew this is what I wanted to do and that I wanted to nurture the, the agency. Um, most of my team is our women. Um, and most of them, several of them have come from different careers. One of my dearest, um, dearest contractors, you know, 10, she's been with me 11 years. Um, she's in her early sixties, um, has grown kids, but she had worked in retail. She had been a mortgage lender and we were looking for interns, but we kept, you know, we'd lose them after the semester. And so right, one of my right. team members was like, 
so I have a friend who, you know, her, her kids are in high school now. You know, she's never done marketing, but she's done all these things. So she has all this great business experience. I was like, sign her up. Fast forward 10 years later, she's one of the best media pitchers I've ever worked, ever worked with. And because she creates these amazing personal relationships with the reporters. And that to me also has been really exciting to see how my team has developed over time and the connections that they have and being able to give people opportunities to try something that maybe they'd never done before, but they've got all this business experience and life experience, you know, that, I mean, that I, I don't have, you know, I haven't been through the same things that they've been through. And so that has really been inspiring for me, um, to see. And I do, I feel like, I feel like it's somewhere between like a child and a garden. If that makes sense. Like, <laughs> it totally makes sense to me. Right. Like you got, oh, yeah. <laughs> you got to take care of it in like the child way, but then you also have to make sure that like you're, you know, that you're building it and growing it. So like that part's a little different than like, the, you know, like the child. So I kind of feel like it lives somewhere in between those two. This is a great time for a short break. We'll be right back. Did you know women only have about 15% share of the voice distributed by main media? Last year, only 21% of top charting podcasts had a female host. This is because we need more ratings and reviews. We need you. This is the only time we'll ever ask you to stop listening. Hit the pause button. Take the time right now to rate and review us. Help us change the stats. That way, we can be here when you're ready to listen again. My guest today is the genius marketer, entrepreneur, and community leader, Deanna Anderson. Deanna... Your community service work is all about serving Atlanta's children. You serve on the board of directors of Atlanta Children's Shelter, volunteer with the Atlanta Women's Build for Habitat for Humanity, and you're the president of the Junior League. What drives you to be so engaged? So I grew up with a mom and dad who were very community focused. So from an early age, I saw that and that continued for me in elementary school and high school and college. And then when we decided to make Atlanta home, that's when I really started getting involved in the community. Um, At that point, I was pregnant with our oldest. Um, My son Carter is 14. And Really, the Junior League is where I really honed in on wanting to focus on organizations that help women and children. Fast forward a few years later, and we found out that my son had several language-based learning differences. And that really just reinforced my passion um, for helping those organizations that are focused on women and children. And, you know, in Atlanta, there's such a disparity between different zip codes. And, you know, your life expectancy is different if you were born south of I-20. And those numbers really hit home to me. And I think when I became a mom, even more so. So that really drives my my passion to give back to these organizations and to use my 
skills that I have in my network to help further their mission. Because I know from a professional perspective, the difference in getting your story out there can make on your funding, um, on your ability to get great board members and access their networks. So that really, you know, has driven my focus um, on working with organizations that focus on women and children. So, I mean, I think that's fantastic. But in the first part of the show, we talked about um, moms making it together and, and what that community just sprouted up overnight. Meanwhile, you still got a business that while it is 15 years old, it still has its needs. You have two children and at least your son has special needs during a pandemic lockdown screen based learning yes. those challenges. And I'm sure your husband requires at least this much time, a minimum amount. So how are you finding time for yourself? Do you have any? Yes, I do. I do. I do. I, um, <laughs> and I prioritize it. So that's how, and I mean, I know this, you know, I don't know. When I say this, I feel like sometimes it's a little bit, you know, of um, a little bit of a cliche. I am someone who does better with a little too much to do than a little too little to do. And I know that about myself. Like my procrastinator side she shows up if there's too little to do. So, okay, wait a second. So you take on all this stuff because you're a procrastinator. So to prevent yourself from procrastinating, you load bit. yourself up. Yeah, yeah. a little bit of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's that's that's yes, yes. That's probably a very good. No one's ever described it to me that way. But you you probably yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you probably that's giving fantastic. me. You've probably given me something to work on as I like revisit my goals for um, 2021. I probably need to like unpack that a little bit. So wait, so you you prioritize yourself. That's how I, you, I so do. You, know, I, you don't find the time. You defend the time. Absolutely. Um, so I'm a big runner. Um, my last. You know, time I being, love that, right? I, I gotta I love know. another runner. <laughs> well, my last time being around runners was I ran the Publix Marathon on March first of last Heck, year. Oh my gosh, are you kidding? And <gasps> wow. They, well, but then I thought, like, oh my god, I've been around like thousands of I people. Know. Like, are you poor which, thing? Oh, like, no. which ones of them had like you know like I mean you, I I was like, clearly wait a running. second, is running a marathon a a reward or not? I mean, is it an accomplishment or did I expose myself? Is that what you were? Right. Yes, I absolutely was like, and yeah, it was so I running is my, is my time. No one can ask me what's for dinner or where their shoes are, or I need to go X, Y, and Z. So running is really, is really my, is my time. And I do, I prioritize it. I make sure that, um, I mark it on my calendar and I, you know, this is the time that I'm going to do it. Um, we also, um, you know, invested in a home gym when COVID started, because at that point I didn't know, is there going to come a day where I can't go outside and run? And everybody in the house was like, um, we need a solution if that happens. Like, um, (laughs) Oh, you run because your family's like, no, you're a better person. Go and go and exercise. Yeah. Yeah. No, they've like, if there's like a couple of days where like things get crazy and I, and I don't prioritize it, Reese will be like, do you want to go for a run? I mean, maybe you should <laughs> fantastic. just put your shoes on and just go outside and go for a run. Um, but I do, and we're also, we're a very active family. So like, I do love my runs, but like we do hikes, we do go like on walks and runs and bike rides. And so it's just, 
it really, I mean, I can tell a huge difference in my mood and so can my family. And they, so it it makes it a joint effort to prioritize it because it's better for all of us if I get that done. Okay. So I read an interview you gave recently where you described being an entrepreneur as balancing life on a surfboard. And you said it again earlier in the show. Some folks would say that a synonym for entrepreneur is workaholic because entrepreneurs tend to work 24 seven. So I have to ask, is it the kids that balance work for you or the other way around? It's probably, it's probably the other, it's probably the other way around. Um, I have learned to like, I don't work on Sundays. I don't do volunteer work on Sunday. Now, if it's like a special event, then I do it. But like, Sunday is not a day that I'm going to catch up on emails or volunteer work. I hold that very sacred. And I did as president of the league. I, and I was president when we were celebrating our 100th anniversary. And wow, my team wow. knew that mm-hmm. Sundays, I mean, unless something terrible was happening, which I also was like, if the building is on fire, don't call me on Sunday. Call the fire department. Like, right, I, right. <laughs> I can't help. You know, like, I can't help. So call the fire department. Don't call me. So I think having that one day that I reserve that it's, it's off, you know what I mean? Like it's off the table, I think has, has really helped me over the years. Now, are there times where work is crazy and I do work more than I should? Absolutely. Um, But I do think having that one day where I know this is my day to recharge has really helped me. And I try on Sundays to plan out the week. Um, as far as like, okay, here's where I, based on my schedule right now, here's where I can get my runs in. We go to the grocery store on Sunday, we write out our meals and stick them up. So no one asks me 500 times all week, what's for dinner? I'm like, it's on the list. It's on the list. Um, so By the way, I, I call that getting mommed. It's like, okay, you know, your dad's the chef here. Why are you asking me? They go straight past dad. And he cooks and, uh, and they're, you know, it's getting mommed. Don't you think? Yes, it is getting yeah. mommed. It is. Yeah. Well, and while he cooks, somehow making the meal plan for the week has become my job. But I, oh, we're still very, so I make the meal plan, <laughs> but then... I think some of my like little bit of my ADHD gets in the way and I don't always write down all the ingredients for the recipe. So then they come (laughs) home and they're like, well, we can't make this. You forgot three things. And I'm like, well, maybe y'all should make the grocery list because clearly I'm not good at it. And they're like, no, 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 it's fine. Yeah. It's a negative negotiation tactic. Exactly. Exactly. How did you come to understand the value of good self-care? Because I hear so much good stuff going on, and it's true strategy. It's like, we're going to eat well because we pre-plan it. Um, you're putting yourself onto your schedule in advance. You are you're having a full rest day to avoid overwork. Um, this sounds like really good understanding of the value. Yes, and I think two things. Um, one, my body it's very clear when I don't do these things. Like um, I have um, an autoimmune um, disease. Um, I had thyroid cancer at 34. And I think that was an eye opener for me. Um, And I think because of those two things, I know if I push it too hard, my body, my body will 
tell me otherwise. Um, so I think for me, it's a very physical, I have a very physical reaction to not taking care of myself. Um, I know we all do, but I mean, mine is, you know, my body's like, no, no, you've, you've done enough. And then the other thing I think is really surrounding myself. I call it my kitchen cabinet. Um, you know, it's the men and women who help me do all of this and do it well. Um, and to one of my dearest, dearest friends in that cabinet, um, is Nancy Thigpen. And she is my, she's not my yes woman. She's like my no woman. Like if I call her and I'm like, okay, this happened. She's, she'll be like, well, where are we? Do you need the, oh, that's so terrible, Deanna. I feel so bad for you. Or do you need the, okay, are we ready to fix this? And we all need those women, right? And men who are like ready to say, here's what you need to do to make this you know, better. And I think having that group of you know friends and family who are willing to tell you when you're going astray has also helped me. Um, but I would say, I think the biggest thing is, you know, I knew that I was going to recover from thyroid cancer. I absolutely knew that, but I had a five month old and a three year old. And it's so scary. Nothing it, like yeah. a, a health problem to completely right. change your life. Right. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. If there were one thing you could go back and tell your younger self, what would it be? I think it would. I think it would be to not take myself so seriously. And I've gotten better about this. Um, and my husband would, uh, we've been married almost 18 years. He would agree that. Congratulations. Okay, thank you. And then <laughs> two weeks. Um, I was a lot more high strung than I am now. And I'm far from like calm now. Um, but I think <laughs> earlier in my career, I was really hard on myself. Um, and expected a lot of myself and watched as my titles, you know, went up in my early career. So I think I would tell myself that like, you don't have to be that hard on yourself. You know, like the world is a hard enough place. Us being hard on ourselves only makes it, you know, only makes it worse. And I just think about the things that I took so personally in the corporate world that now if a client said that to me, I would laugh like on the phone, laugh and be like, no, like that's just, that's ridiculous. Like we're not doing that. We are not going to be, you know, so I, I really, I do. I think that it would be to not be so hard on myself. Deanna Anderson of 705 Marketing. Thank you so much for your time today. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you. It's time for action steps. Deanna, what would you say are top three takeaways? So I think finding your thing, whether it's yoga, meditation, running, knitting, like whatever, you know, I'm amazed at how many friends I have that are like now cro like doing um, crochet and knitting. I'm like, and they're like, well, what else am I going to do? Like I, you know, but it's, it's their thing. So like find your thing and prioritize that and make that as you look at the week and you make decisions on yes and no that you make that more yeses than nos. Um, I think making a plan, so those kind of go together, but whatever is the stressor in your week, like I got tired of hearing what's for dinner. So like we make the grocery list and they each pick a meal and we have taco Tuesday every Tuesday, but oh, you know, 
make, make the plan and take that off your list. It's now done. I don't need to talk about what's for dinner. It's on the list. I may have forgotten a grocery item or two. We'll go get those, but you know, make that plan. And then I think, you know, really back to what we talked about so lot is build that kitchen cabinet, build that squad, be intentional about who's in that, you know, who's in that squad and who's going to be the one we all need the person who's going to pat us on our back and tell us everything's going to be okay. But we also all need our Nancy who's going to be like, okay, well, I'll pat you on your back and tell you you're going to be okay. But like, now we got to figure out how we're going to address what's going on. So to me, those are the three things that I have found tremendously helpful to give me the opportunity to do the things that I love um, and to make time for all of those in our crazy world. If folks want to add moms making it together to their kitchen cabinet, how would they find the group? So we are a um, Facebook group and it's moms making it together. Um, We also have an Instagram, which is also moms making it together and a website that's also moms making it together. So it's really, we like to keep it very consistent across all of them. We (laughs) love having new moms join our group. We are continuing to add new moms even you know, a year later after, um, after going into quarantine. Thank you all for listening. As always, action steps, key takeaways, and contact information for show guests like Deanna are in the show notes. So please check them out. If you like what you hear on Hello Health today, please support the show. Take some time right now to rate and review us. It helps other people find us. Until next time, remember, today is good. Hi, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. Because I am a medical doctor, it's important for me to tell you that nothing I say here in this podcast can substitute for your doctor's advice. My lawyers make me say the same thing this way. The contents of this podcast are neither intended nor implied to be relied on for medical diagnosis, care, or treatment concerning any individual. Under no circumstances does this podcast create a physician-patient relationship, nor does it constitute engagement in the practice of medicine or the provision of any healthcare service to an individual patient. This podcast should not be used as a substitute for professional diagnosis and treatment. Consult a healthcare provider before making any healthcare decisions or to obtain guidance about any medical conditions. The producers of this podcast expressly disclaimed responsibility and shall have no liability for any damages, loss, injury, or liability whatsoever suffered as a result of reliance on the information contained in this podcast.